The Daily 202 is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, February 15th. In today's news, the former acting director of the FBI says Jeff Sessions made reprehensible comments on race. Democrats change the rules for how to qualify for the 2020 debates. And tensions flare in Kashmir after a suicide bomber kills 38. But first, the big idea. Congress approved a massive budget deal last night to avert a government shutdown after President Trump promised to sign it. But he did so only after announcing he would also declare a national emergency so that he can get more money for his border wall. This creates a new set of problems. Many of Trump's GOP congressional allies call the move ill-advised, and Democrats promise immediate action to block it. The declaration will face certain legal challenges from states, residents of border communities, civil liberties groups, and congressional Democrats, who say it clearly violates constitutional separation of powers. Under the National Emergencies Act, the Democratic House plans to pass a resolution of disapproval in the coming days or weeks. That would force the Senate to vote on the measure as well. If a simple majority of senators vote to disapprove of the move, Trump might be forced to use his veto pen for the first time since taking office to stop himself from being overturned. Given outspoken opposition from several Republicans, including Marco Rubio and Susan Collins, plus universal criticism from Democrats, the odds seem pretty good that more than 50 senators will vote to disapprove. To be sure, the president's critics probably lack the votes to override him. They need 67 senators to do that. But House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from New York, tells us that if their resolution is vetoed, they'll then challenge the emergency declaration in court. While Mitch McConnell has been warning against an emergency declaration publicly and privately for weeks, he said yesterday that he informed the president he will support the move. McConnell went along with it reluctantly, people close to him say, because he concluded that Trump would otherwise veto the bill and cause a second shutdown that voters would blame on the GOP. Now, the White House Counsel's Office, the president's own lawyers, have warned him that declaring a national emergency creates high litigation risk, meaning that it's likely the courts will strike the president down. The lawyers encouraged Trump to instead reprogram money without declaring an emergency. But the president wanted to try the declaration route, even if he loses in court, because he sees it as an avenue to get more wall money and to show the hard right that he did all he could to deliver on his signature campaign promise. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the former acting FBI director, Andy McCabe, says he opened an investigation into Trump's ties to Russia in 2017 when he was worried he was about to get fired. Promoting a new memoir, which comes out next week, McCabe told CBS that he was very concerned that he needed to protect the counterintelligence investigation after his boss, Jim Comey, got fired by the president. Apparently, he also says in the CBS 60 Minutes interview that will air on Sunday that there were indeed discussions among top people at the Justice Department, including Rod Rosenstein, about using the 25th Amendment to remove the president from office. That involved consideration of which members of the cabinet might support such a move. 
In his book, McCabe heavily criticizes former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He writes that Sessions, the former senator from Alabama, said during one meeting that the FBI was better off when, quote, y'all only hired Irishmen. He added, quote, they were drunks, but they could be trusted. Not like all those new people with nose rings and tattoos. Who knows what they're doing? McCabe calls the former AG's views on race and religion reprehensible. He writes that Sessions believed Islam inherently advocated extremism. And in meetings, the attorney general ceaselessly sought to draw connections between crime and immigration. Where is he from? was always Sessions' first question about any suspect, according to McCabe. The next question, where are his parents from? Number two, the Democratic National Committee announced qualification requirements for the presidential debates that include metrics related to grassroots support. The expansive new requirements are designed to allow a historically large group of candidates to make the stage at events that are likely to be split over two consecutive nights to accommodate this crowded field. Candidates can qualify either by attracting campaign donations from at least 65,000 people, including at least 200 people from at least 20 states, or by registering at least 1% support in three states or national polls from a list of surveys approved by the party. The only way to qualify for the Democratic debates in 2015 was to register at least 1% in three national polls. The first set of debates will be broadcast in June, that's only four months away, by NBC, MSNBC, and Telemundo. CNN will sponsor debates in July. Number three, at least 38 paramilitary police officers were killed by a massive car bomb in Indian-controlled Kashmir. It's the worst attack on security personnel since the start of the insurgency in the disputed region three decades ago. The attack occurred Thursday afternoon about 3.15 p.m. as a security convoy of 70 vehicles traveled down a major highway. A vehicle laden with explosives that was being driven by a suicide bomber rammed into the bus. The killings have already inflamed tensions between the nuclear-armed rivals of India and Pakistan, which both claim the Himalayan territory. India accuses Pakistan of sheltering and supporting militants that cross into Indian-controlled territory to carry out attacks against Indian rule. Kashmir is part of India's only Muslim-majority state. Since 1989, militants have fought either for the territory's independence or its merger with Pakistan. You always have to keep a close eye on this situation, again, because India and Pakistan both have nuclear weapons. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, February 15th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. We're off for President's Day, but I'll talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs>